chapter number 24, uh, Luke chapter number 24. Uh, we're going to finish up a message that we started last week. Uh, we just didn't get done there, so what we did is we just kind of hit the pause button, and now it's time to play it, press the play button again. So Luke uh, chapter uh, number 24, if you don't know where the book of Luke is, uh, you can open your uh, Bible to the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, and then Luke. Um, if you're watching on Facebook right now, uh, I encourage you to hit the share button. Uh, we want to get the Word of God out, um, uh, not just uh, in this room, but um, online and around the world. And so um, hit the share button. And uh, if, you, uh, if you're in this room right now, somebody said, hey, you, you said to hit the share button, so I got on Facebook while you were preaching, Buchanan, and I hit the share button. Okay, you can do that, I guess, but like, <laughs> you can invite someone too. Don't feel like it's just about the share button, all right? Uh, so uh, Luke chapter number 24, uh, it's been a little while, so let's just make sure we're all there. So if you're there, say, I'm there. All right, oh, okay. All right, we're, we're, remember, we, we had an 8 o'clock service, so you got an extra hour, all right? So here we go, ready? All right, if you're there, say, I'm there. Here we go, verse 32. You're like, I'm not doing it if you can. You can't make me. All right, here we go. Luke 24, verse 32. Now, here we go. And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? Let's read it one more time. And they said, one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you so much for a privilege and an honor it is, Lord God, to gather in your house. And so, Lord God, we didn't have this for a while. And, Lord God, I missed it, and I hope there are many that missed it as well. And so, Lord God, because we have this wonderful privilege right right now, Lord God, let us take advantage of it. Now, I know, Lord God, there's people right now that are watching online that can't be here for whatever reason. And so, Lord God, I pray you speak to their heart as well. Because, Lord, the most important thing right now is not what, what I say, but what your word says. And, Lord God, how you speak to us through your word. Lord God, fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Uh, this is kind of where we, we, we. This is where we started last week, and and we're not going to stay here for very long. But the the idea of when when Jesus is speaking, and when we we, we see, read the scriptures, does our heart burn? Does our heart burn? Is there a sense of excitement and anticipation when we read the scriptures? And so I know from my perspective, I don't know about you, but I don't always. My heart doesn't always burn. When I read the scripture, and I don't think that's the word problem. I think that's a me problem. That's, a, that's a, maybe an understanding problem, perspective problem on my side. So we want our heart to burn. And so what's going to help our heart to burn? So last week, just to kind of review where we were last week. Last week we talked about why is it important? Why are the scriptures, the word, important in our lives? Okay, Do we see the importance of scripture in our lives? And so we looked at different verses, and I'm not going to go to the different verses, but we talked about how why it's important. It's important for the hope it provides. For the hope it provides that really when we, what, what we have hope in is this because this is how we know that we can be saved. This is how we know that, that Jesus is coming back. This is how we know that he died on the cross for our sins. It's because it was written in the word. So it's important for the hope that it provides. Not only, not only is it important for the hope it provides, but it's important because of what it shows in us. Remember we talked about last week that the word is like a mirror. 
that when we look in the mirror, whatever we see is what's there, not what we hope it would look like, not what we think it should look like, but what is actually there. So if I have something in my teeth, it's going to show that thing in my teeth, right? If my hair is messed up, right? Okay, see, Shannon, I told you, it's going crazy. I got I to gotta do something with it, all right? It's getting a little long right now, all right? All right, but, but what it shows in us, right? That when I read the Word, it shows me not just what I should be, but who I am. All right, and then we, we looked at a section of Scripture, Psalm 119. Now, um, if, you, if you did your homework, I'll turn, uh, now, some, some of you are like, I don't know if I want to raise my hand, what they give me on camera, all right? I'll turn my, okay, if you did your homework last, last week, raise your hand. Is my, my hand the only one raised? Okay, good, all right, all right, no, no, you put your hand down so nobody knows, all right, here we go. All right, and it's okay, if you didn't do your homework for this week, guess what? This is why you get a second week, because we're still in the same message, all right? So it's no big deal, all right? Psalm 119, so I did that, I read, I read 26 verses every single day, asking God to show me something for it. I want everybody to turn right now to Psalm 119. So we're to Psalm 119, and I did not put this on the deal, so don't even try to follow me, okay? Psalm 119, if you don't know where Psalms is, it's in your Old Testament, all right? Old Testament, 119, Psalm 119, okay? Mine's on page uh, 4, 421, all right? If you want to turn there, and that'll at least get you started somewhere, all right? Psalm 119, Psalm 119, all right, go ahead and turn there, go ahead and turn there, go ahead and turn there, okay? This is why you always need to bring your Bible with you, because you never know. I may just tell you to turn somewhere. But I'm going I'm to just point out some things, and I actually, here's what I did. I, I, have, a little, I have a little notes uh, app on my phone, and so I have a thing called devotions on a little folder. And so devotion, so here's what I'm going to do. Let's look at verse 46, Psalm 119, verse 46. Because what I would do is I would pray and say, God, speak to me in your word. And usually every single day, it was one particular verse that stood out to me, Okay. And so I'm going to kind of share with y'all what I saw this week, just to kind of encourage some of y'all, because some of y'all are like, ah, this whole God speak to me, what is it saying, all that kind of stuff. So Psalm, uh, Psalm 119, verse 46. I'll read it to you just in case you don't have, you, you, I'm obviously not going to put it on the screen, okay? It says, I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings and will not be ashamed, Okay? That's what verse 46 says. It says, I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings and I will not be ashamed. Now, what stood out to me was the word also, because obviously, from his standpoint, he was speaking testimonies to, to people that were maybe lower, but he wasn't actually speaking them to kings. And he also said he will not be ashamed. And so what, what, what kind of I wrote down from the standpoint of my devotion is I must speak his word to everyone. No matter their status, great or small. Because what I have a tendency to do, I don't know if you do this or not, but, and I, I, I kind of get intimidated by people that I feel like are maybe uh, smarter than me, have a little bit more than me, uh, you know, like I, I'm not in the same tax bracket they are or whatever. And so I have a tendency to not share God's word or maybe the gospel with somebody that's a little bit in a, in a different kind of whatever than me, okay? I know I shouldn't feel that way, but I struggle with that a little bit. But from here it says, you know what, I've got to speak his testimonies no matter the status, whether they're great or small, because whether they've got the, the most money in the world, maybe they're Bill Gates or Warren Buffett, or the fact that they're, they're homeless on the, on the streets, they need to hear the word of God. Can I get an amen? Okay, everybody needs to get that, right? Okay, so that was one thing that kind of God showed me, that, that I need to speak his word to everyone no matter their status, great or small. Let's look at verse 110. Let's look, oh, excuse me, 55. Let's look at 55. 55, 55, this was in the next day's reading. It says, I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night, and have kept 
thy law. I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night, and have kept thy law. For me, the, the word, the, the kind of phrase that stuck out to me, what God was showing to me was in the night. Anytime you see night in the scripture, it, it could be from the standpoint of talking about darkness, or it could also be talking about in a, in a low place or a valley place or a, 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 almost like a depressed place. And so for me it was, okay, how, do I, how do, do I remember God in the hard times, in the difficult times? Do I keep his law when things get hard or difficult? Do I keep, does that make sense what I'm trying to say? And so my, my, kind of my, my takeaway from that was, I'll write, read it to you, whether in the day or the night, I must follow his word. When it is hard to see, or when it's quiet, or when it's lonely, I must continue to follow him. And the reason why I said that is in night you can't see very well, it's really quiet, and it can somewhat be lonely. How many of you ever in your life felt like you couldn't see, it got a little too quiet, or you were lonely? And so in, in, that, in those moments, if I'm being completely honest, when, when, when I can see clearly, when, when it's, it's loud and clear, and when I'm, 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 I'm surrounded by people, man, it's easy to follow God's word. But when it's quiet, dark, and lonely, sometimes it's a little difficult to follow God's word. And so I wrote that down as something that God spoke to me that day. Let's look at 110. 110. 110. You're all loving this. No, you're not. It's okay. All right, 110. 110. And some of y'all, hopefully this will help you. This is, this is 110. Here we go. It says, The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I, I erred not from thy precepts. Now here's what I wrote down. People in the world will try to pull me away from the word. Can I get an amen? Okay? There are people that are going to try to pull you away from the word. There, you, you, you can have somebody who gets, who, and here's I'll say this about somebody gets newly saved. Sometimes what's the hardest thing for somebody who's newly saved is the crowd they were hanging out with. Right? Okay? So they're hanging out with this crowd, and so they want to reach this crowd, but every time they get in that environment, they start doing the things that God has delivered them from, that send them from, and so here we go. But what happens is, so many times, hey, you need to follow the word. Yeah, but the world says, why are you doing that? You don't need to do that because what's happening, the wicked, the world, is laying a snare for you. They want you to fall, right? Can I get an amen on that? They want you to fall. I hope you understand that. The world is not your friend. It's your enemy, okay? And so I said, people in the world will try to pull me away from the word, but I cannot be influenced. I cannot be influenced. It says, the wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts, okay? And then finally, let's look at 131. This is kind of fun to me. 131, 131, 131. It says, I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. Okay? I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. Now, the word that stuck out to me was panted, because I love dogs. Anybody else with me about I love dogs? Okay, y'all don't love them very much because you're not enthusiastic about it or anything, okay? If you love dogs, give me a woohoo. Woo-hoo! Okay, I, I, I was not a dog lover until I got one. And she loves me, and that helped, right? Okay, some of those dogs that don't love you, like, I'm not a dog person anymore, right? Like, get thee behind me, Satan, all right? But I'm a dog person. Now, when my dog, when my dog is, is either hot or, or, or thirsty, what does she do? She pants, right? She pants. And so uh, when I look at this, I say, I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. Now, here's what I got from this. I, I, it says, I opened my mouth and pant. I longed. I think about my dog. I put that on here. I think about my dog, okay? 
When my dog is hot and thirsty, she pants. She can't wait to get a drink. And here's what I wrote down. Do I view the word like a panting dog? Do I view the word like a panting dog? Because if my heart is burning, if, if I'm hot, all right, and, I, and, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm thirsty, guess what? I'm thirsty for his word. I, 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 my, I, my heart is burning, so I must have his word. And so do I view the word like a panting dog? Like, am I, do I thirst for it? Do I, do I, I mean, my, when my dog, when my dog is out in the, out, outside and, and running around, all kind of stuff, she runs to the water bowl, okay? She's got to get something, and do I do that? Do I, do I run to God's, God's word like I'm a thirsty dog, all right? Some of y'all didn't even know that. Y'all dog people, you're like, oh, that's really good. All right, last thing, last thing, and this is what kind of the totality of, of 119 for me was um, it, you, it mentioned the word heart 15 times. The word heart showed up 15 times in Psalm 119. And, and, and for me, what, what God was showing me there was, hey, there's a connection between the word and your heart. Can I get an amen? There's a connection between the word and your heart. All right, so some of you are like, oh, you know what, hey, Buchanan, that seemed kind of silly, whatever. I, if, you don't feel, if you don't feel that was important, fine. But here, here's, what, here's what's interesting. Some of you didn't do it. There's 26 verses. Some of you didn't do it. So guess, what, how, guess how much you got from God's Word this week? Nothing. <laughs> got nothing from God's Word this week. So, so I, I, went, I went through that exercise, first of all, so you know, one is I actually did it. Okay? I would never ask you to do something I wouldn't do myself. But also from the standpoint that God showed me something in his word. And so if you didn't do it this week, guess what? Do it this coming up week. All right? But I'm telling you, there's something. And, and, and here's what I, 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 I don't know if some people looked at this. You can't, it seemed like Psalm 118 just kind of talked about the same thing, the same thing, the same thing, the same thing, the same thing. And some of y'all decided, you know what, I'm done with this. It's not important. Let me help you with this. Every single word in your Bible is important. Can I get an amen? And so if you had an attitude of, you know what, this just repeats itself. I'm not going to worry about this anymore. Guess what? You said the word of God, it doesn't matter. It's not important because here's what I think. I think every single word matters, and every single word is, is and we'll talk about this in just a minute, God breathed. The, the, this, the exact words that are supposed to be in your Bible are there for a reason, and what you did is you got caught up in what you thought more than what God thought, and you missed it this week. So I want to encourage you. Read Psalm 119 this week, 26 verses. I did it. I did, all of this I did in my spare time. I don't want you all to think that I was in my office Wednesday going, all right, I'm going to read Psalm 119 for an hour. No, I did it in my spare time, okay? Literally, I, and you know when I read Psalm 119, the last section of Psalm 119? This morning when I woke up. I woke up this morning, read Psalm 119. God showed me what you want to show me. I wrote down, and there it is, okay? All right. And then that, and that set of verses we talked about is important for the direction it gives, for the direction it gives. So here's the new outline. You ready for this? Number two, how can it help? Go ahead and write that down. How can it help? How can it help? So why is it important, but how can it help? What impact does the scripture have in our lives? Let's look at Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. Now, we will put that up on the screen. Okay, Isaiah 55. It says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. 
and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Look at this. This is very familiar maybe for some of y'all. Verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, are, are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Notice this in verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Some of y'all looked at this and said, I don't, I, it repeats itself, it's not important, all that kind of stuff. Here's the deal. You looked at it from your perspective, not God's. Okay? Verse 10, this is a cool verse, by the way. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and make it bring forth a bud, and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So shall my word be, be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me what? Come on, say it. Return to me what? Void. But it shall accomplish of that, that which I please, and shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Now, the reason why I looked at verse 6 and 7, verse 6 and 7, because I want you to understand the context of where the verses are speaking. When we say that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and his ways are higher than our ways. The reason why we need to know context from 6 and 7 is the purpose of what he's talking about at that point. Let's go back to... Um, Let's go back to verse 6. Verse 6. It says, Seek ye the Lord when they may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord. And he will have, this is God, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither my ways saith my ways. And here's what's really cool about this. And it goes to the more general, but in verse 8, he is pointing to the mercy and grace he can deliver. Okay? All right? He can do this. Notice this. Here, okay, how can God give us the mercy and grace only he can give us? Because he doesn't think like us. Okay? This is just kind of a side nugget for y'all, okay? All right? Because when somebody wrongs us, our first response is justice. Our first response is justice, but his response is grace. When someone wrongs us, our, our first response is vengeance or revenge, and his response is forgiveness. Okay? How is he able to do that? How is he able to forgive when we want revenge? How, how can he show grace when we want justice? Because his thoughts and his ways are not like our thoughts and our ways. Does that make sense? Let's be honest, if we were Jesus, if we were Jesus, we wouldn't let anybody into heaven because they don't deserve it, right? Can I get an amen? They don't deserve it. If I was Jesus, I wouldn't let anybody to heaven because they don't deserve it. Because you know why I, I would do that if I was Jesus? is because I don't think like Jesus. My ways are not like Jesus. And so from the standpoint, just as a, a side nugget deal, is the reason why, why, why we have a home in heaven today is not because of what we think or our ways, it's because of his thoughts and his ways. They're higher than ours. They're higher than ours. Now, let's talk about his ways and thoughts being higher in a general sense. They have a higher purpose and reasoning, right? That's why when things happen in our life that we don't understand, we're... Here, here's, there are things that happen in our lives and we don't understand them. Can I get an Amen. Come on. There are things that happen in our lives that we don't understand. How many times have we questioned God? God, I don't get what you're doing right now. All right? Now, here's what I want to help you with. The reason why we do that is because we're not capable of understanding it God's way. 
Our ways and our thoughts are not the ways of God, okay? And so when something happens in our lives and, 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 and we don't understand it, what we need to understand is that, we don't understand, we need to understand, okay? All right? When we don't understand it, we need to look at it from the standpoint of, okay, if I don't understand it, that doesn't mean it's bad. That doesn't mean it's wrong. It just may be the fact that what's going on is, is something that it's above me. It's higher than me. How, how many times have you, you almost drive yourself crazy trying to figure out, why did this happen, God? And, you, and you'll go crazy almost because you're like, I've got to know how, why this happened and what's going on. And maybe it's this and maybe it's that and maybe it's this. And here's the deal. Sometimes you will never understand because the only one who truly can understand what's going on in your life and through your life is who? God. Because his thoughts and his ways are higher than our thoughts in our way, so we can relate to that, right? Because here's what we need to understand. We're not phys- physically capable of understanding. This is so cool. He gives us the example of rain and snow. Rain and snow. That's what I love about verse 10, okay? Because it's not just for a show. The rain and the snow is not just for a show, all right? So if the rain comes down, okay, it's rain. Now, really, with the snow, if we, if we see snow happening, we're like, everybody go outside. Because we don't see that in Alabama very much, right? You hate it, right? Michigan, right? From Michigan, you're like, snow, go away, all right? My dad lived in Chicago for a lot of my life, and I was like, man, are you excited? It's snowing outside? He's like, no, I'm ready for it to be done because it's just annoying. The first snow is cool, and then it's like, you know, the streets are all this kind of stuff. You got snow up to here, all kind of crazy stuff. You're done with it, all right? But it's not just for a show. Rain and snow is not just for a show. It has a purpose, now notice that purpose. Let's look back at verse number 10. It says, For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither. Because here's what could happen. It could go, rain comes down, and then rain just goes straight back up. And then snow comes down, and then snow just comes right back up. Like, look at it. It's just for a show. But what does it do? It watereth the earth, and bringeth, it, it make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the who? Eater. Okay, so what, what is the deal, okay? Rain and snow has a purpose. And, and from the standpoint of the fact that you are able to eat something today is because it either rained or it snowed, okay? Rain is not just, a, rain is not just annoying so that we can't play a ball game. And snow is not just something pretty. For, it has a purpose and a reason. And it comes all the way from the standpoint of putting food on our table if the rain doesn't come. I know you do chickens. Anybody like a like a like a farmer? Like you farm like vegetables. Anybody got a garden? Anybody got a garden? Jennifer? Anybody else got a garden? Yeah, garden, garden, garden. Okay, what do you really want it to happen? A lot rain. Okay, if it doesn't rain, guess what? Your crops are what done. You've got to have the rain. There's a purpose behind it. Now, here's the deal. Just like the word, just like the word, the word has purpose. Just like the rain, just like the snow, the word has purpose. Now notice what it does. Verse 11. So shall my word be that goeth out of thy mouth, it shall not return to me. What? What's the word? Void. But it shall accomplish that which I what? Please. Okay? Who's speaking right now? God is speaking. Okay? So so because of, of, of what the word does, okay, he says, so shall my word, okay? The Word is there to accomplish what God pleases, okay? 
to accomplish his will is through his what? Okay, say, say it with me, one, two, three. Word. That's how we please God is through his what? Word, okay? We accomplish his will, his pleasure, and then notice this. And it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Okay? And it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Now, what, where, where, <laughs> this is so good, this is so good. Where did he send the word? More importantly, who did he send the word to? Come on, say it with me, to us. He sent it to us. So what he's trying to do is saying, look, what I did is I sent the word so that it shall prosper in the thing where the thing whereunto I sent it. Here's, what's, here's what we understand. We have the word so that we can do his good pleasure, and then also we have the word so it will help us to prosper. It wants to work in us to help us to prosper, to, to bring about what, what God wants to accomplish through our lives is through his what? Word. It's through his word. And so we look here and go, okay, that, that when we look at the word, if we neglect the word, if we, here's, here, man, this is great, this is great. If we neglect the word, what we're saying is, one, we don't want to please him, and two, we don't want to prosper. According to this verse, if we, don't, if, we don't, if, if we neglect the word, we are saying we don't want to please God and we don't want to prosper. Because the only way to please God is through his word and the only way for it to prosper is because we've got, it's, it's, it needs to do a work in us. So what's the application? Do we think we're smarter than God? Well, no, Buchanan. Of course I'm not smarter than God. Well, here's a better question. Do we act like we're smarter than God? I know I do, right? I don't need the word. <laughs> I don't need the word. I'll, I'll, I'll figure this out on my own. <laughs> do we want the word to impact our life? Do we want to please God? Is that our number one desire? Guess what? The only thing that pleases him is when we do what his word says. That's the only thing that pleases God. So, so how does it help? It helps us please God and prosper in his plan. You can write that down. It helps us please God and prosper in his plan. Let's look at 2 Timothy. Let's look at 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 3. This is a very familiar verse, but it's really important that we understand this from the important side of it, or from the help side of it. 2 Timothy 3. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for proof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all what? What's those next two words? Unto all what? Good works, okay? So we will have what we need to accomplish good works that we'll be a man of God, perfect or mature, and we'll be able to accomplish and have everything we need to accomplish good works. But it starts with, verse 16, all Scripture, okay? The Bible is the heart and mind of God, okay? Every word is inspired. The word inspired means God breathed. It is physically God breathe you ever done this you ever done this i wonder what god is thinking right now you ever thought about that i wonder what god is thinking right now this this also goes back to our our understanding right i i I wonder what i wonder what god is doing or what god is trying to do or or i wonder what he's thinking what he's trying to do or whatever that do we ever find ourselves doing that if you want to know how god is thinking guess what it's right in your hands 
If you want to know how God is thinking, it is right in your hands. Okay, so what is Scripture good for? According to this verse, Scripture is good for four things. It is good for doctrine. It is good for reproof. It is good for correction. It is good for instruction. Let's define those. Okay, doctrine is going to be a teaching, a learning, a belief, okay? So, so it is good for our, for, for our learning, teaching, beliefs. Reproof, the word reproof means to show error. This shows us where we've, where we've missed the mark, okay? Reproof. Correction means to bring back from error, okay? To bring back from error. So we learn, okay, what are the, what are the er- errors in our life, okay? Then it shows us where we have erred, okay? Correction to bring us back from the error. And then instruction is basically how to do something. So here's how this works. The Bible tells us what to do, how we are not doing it, ways to fix it, then how to continue to do it. Okay? So it tells us what to do, how we are not doing it, ways to fix it, and then how to continue to do it. Okay? There are comm- here, here's what's interesting. There are commands we should follow. Can I get an amen? Okay? There are a bunch of thou shalt and thou shalt not. Can I get an me? Okay, all right. There are thou shalts and thou shalt not. But he gives us the knowledge and tools necessary to keep the commandments. There's a verse. If you love me, keep my commandments. And here's what what we find ourselves doing. We try real hard to keep the commandments. Maybe in, 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 in human effort, in strong will, I'll just keep God's commandment. He says for me to do this, so I'll do it. He tells me not to do it, so I won't do it. And we try really hard to do it, when in reality, what's happening is we're neglecting a tool. We're neglecting a tool. Look, I could go out there, and I could say, okay, I'm going to build me a house. And I'm going to build it with my bare hands, alone. All right, Terry, you ever tried to do that? Build a house with your bare hands? Only your bare hands. So I'm going to grab a piece of board, grab a piece of board, and just slam them together. And maybe they'll stick. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about, okay? All right? And, that, and, that, and, and I'm just going to lean this here and lean this there, lean this here. I'll put some right here, and I'll just kind of lean everything and place everything and all that kind of stuff. And then I'm going to go in that house. Because, look, I put it all, all, I just use my bare hands to, do, to build the whole entire house. All right? And then a strong little wind comes by, and I'm dead. Because <laughs> to build a house without the proper what? Tools. Or supplies would be foolish, right? If I wanted to put two boards together, I better get me some nails and a hammer. Because if I just think, hey, I'll just, I'll just put these boards together with my, with my, with my own will. <laughs> like, I'll just, Scotty, you're like, hey, I could do that. No, you couldn't, okay? You can't put two boards together. You can, you can hold them as tight as you want to. When you let go of those boards, guess what? They're going to release. They're not going to stick together because you don't have the right supplies. You don't have the right tools and so we try to go through our lives doing this i'm going to do it by my own strong will and it doesn't work because we've neglected the tool what is the tool the word because there's things that i should do and i shouldn't do and so what the word does is says hey you should do this you shouldn't do that now here buchanan is why here's here's something you're not doing this buchanan And so here's the way that you can stop doing the things that you shouldn't be doing. 
And then here's how you can continue to do these things so you won't ever do that again. And that's found in, in, by looking at what? The Word. Now, don't look at me like that. I'm, I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of doing, hey, in my strong will, I'm going to do this. We're, we're not strong enough, guys. We're not. Okay, application. Have we only looked at our Bible in one way? And what do I say that? Are we looking at it just for doctrine? Or just looking for what we believe and knowledge? Or we're just looking for proof, like it shows me where I've erred, but, but that's all it does. You know, are we just looking at for the correction it brings, or are we just looking at it as instructions, okay? I don't know. Here we go. Has our opinion of the Bible been somewhat short-sighted because of our own preconceived notions? Did the Bible never had a chance in your life because you already made a decision of what this was going to be in your life, how you were going to view it, how it was not important. And so because of your own preconceived notions, or this, are your preconceived notions of what, hey, I know what the Bible's going to tell me, I know what I, I don't like what the Bible's going to tell me, so here's the deal, I'm going to totally neglect it or disregard it or only read the parts that I like. When in reality, it's our own preconceived notions that make it to where we can't get fullness of what the Bible is. Have we fully embraced all the areas that are profitable for our life? That's the biggest thing about that verse. It's profitable. That means that the Bible can help you. It benefits you. It is good for things like doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction. And here's the big question. What would happen if we did? How would our life be different if we looked at the Bible and says, hey, it's good for doctrine, for reproof, correction, and instruction? What if we did that? So how does it help? It helps us grow and mature in our faith. It helps us grow and mature in our faith. All right, this is how I got y'all back from last week, okay? I told you I had a really cool illustration. Some of y'all didn't like any of the message. You're like, I'll come back for the illustration, Buchanan. Here we go. All right. Now, if you, nobody in here likes to take medicine. Will we all agree with that? Nobody likes to take medicine. Okay, when, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I, li- I, liked, I liked it when it was in that little syrup, right? You remember like Dimetap, you know, you could do that and take Dimetap and all that kind of stuff, whatever about that. But there came a time in my life where they, they stopped giving me liquid for my medicine. And it was a very hard time for me, okay? Because is anybody in here, if you want to admit it, I'll be, a, I, 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 it really, it's difficult for me to swallow a pill. Anybody like that? Anybody like that? Can't swallow a pill? Okay, thank you, Jacob. I appreciate you saying that. It doesn't matter. It could be a baby aspirin. I'm like, ah. <laughs> I'm thinking about it all the time. So we're like, my mom was always like, just pop it in your mouth and swallow. I'm like, I try that every time. Okay? But I remember, I remember when, when uh, I was like, okay, we, and uh, we couldn't do the liquid thing. There was a certain drug or whatever I had to have, and it couldn't be a liquid. And, and, and literally, we got the bottle, and I call them horse pills. You know what I'm talking about? Horse pills. Like, they're not like baby aspirins. They're like, you want to, like, cut them up in, like, three or four different sections and grind them up in peanut butter because it's just nasty. It's like a big old huge pill. Nobody ever take them? Okay, whatever. All right. So, <laughs> I'm like, obviously, no, you're like, we're anti-medication. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> but, like, and, and I'm telling you, there would be times where I, it would be like, I, w- I would be, like, trying my best and hardest to swallow it. And there would be tears running down my eyes because I just could not swallow the pill. And, and especially, like, especially, like, at my mom's house, she was like, here, I'll grind this over. When I was at my dad's house, he's like, swallow it. <laughs> Suck it up, boy. Okay? <laughs> All right? But nobody likes to take medicine. Nobody likes to take medicine. We only take medicine when we're really what? Sick. 
But other than that, nobody likes to take medicine, right? Nobody does. We only take, and, and here's, here, here's what happens. We take it when we're sick, but the, and, we, and we take it until we start to do what? Feel better, and then we, do, we, we don't take any more medicine. All right? Here's what I think is happening. We view the Bible like it's medicine. We view the Bible like it's medicine. That I have to have it, but I don't really want to take it, and I'm only going to take it if I'm sick, and if I start to feel a little bit better, like if everything's perfect and wonderful in my life, I don't need the pill. I don't need the medicine, right? Because some of us, here's the deal, we don't think there's a problem in our life right now, so what's the reason of reading the Bible? Because look, it's not going to change anything. My life's pretty good. I'm not sick, so why do I need the medicine? And so every time we read the Bible, it's like swallowing a horse pill. (laughs) Right? And then, and oh man, this is so good, this is so good. We're like, hey, can, can I, can, here's what I want to do. I know I need the word in my life, so can I get somebody, like a preacher, to, to, to cut it up real small and to grind it up in little pieces and put it in the peanut butter so it tastes okay going down? Uh-oh. Did I step on some toes right there? Because <laughs> there are people, you know, I, here's how I get my word. I come to church. Because you want me, it, 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 it's like this. It's like this when, when and I didn't do this. <laughs> we never did this. We just went for the baby food. But you know, like mamas, like they stick the, stick the food in their mouth, they get a little bit, and then they put it in the baby's mouth, right? So is that my responsibility? I got to chew it up first before I give it to you? That's disgusting. <laughs> That's why we didn't do it. Amber, do you do that? Okay, all right. <laughs> all right. Okay. No, like it, it, it's the word of God. Now, here's, 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 here's the opposite side of it. Because we view the Word of God like medicine. It's hard to swallow. It's a bitter pill. Like literally, it's a bitter pill I have to swallow. I don't like the taste of it. It doesn't make me feel good. I know it's, I'm sp- it's supposed to help me feel good. But honestly, when I'm in the process of taking it, it doesn't feel great. Here's what we need to do. We need to stop looking at the Word of God like medicine. We need to start looking at the Word of God like a vitamin. Now, I don't take vitamins. Full disclosure, Okay. I don't take vitamins. But the thing about a vitamin is a vitamin is something you take not when you are sick, but when you're what? Healthy, so that you will continue to be what? Healthy. You take a vitamin because you want to be, you're healthy and you want to stay healthy. On the other side, when you take medicine, when you take a pill, you're sick because you want to get better. We've got we to change our perspective, guys, when it comes to the Word. We've got to look at it. It's not just medicine. It's not just, okay, I feel bad, so let me get a little Word in me, and then when, it feel, when I feel a little better, then I'll neglect it. We need to look at it as this is something, this is something, and I'm, I'm, I'm being honest, I probably need to be taking a vitamin, okay? That's, that's, what, that, that, that's what's bad about me is that, like, I don't take vitamins. I know they're important. I know they're helpful, but they're not helping me when they're in the bottle, <laughs> In order for the medicine to help, in order for the vitamin to help, you have to actually do what? Take it. And that's what we've got to do with the Word. We've got to take it. Now, I'm going a little long. This is the last thing i say. There's a reason why, and, and, and we're going to have a couple one-off messages. I don't have any series planned or whatever like that. I'm just really trying to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. What do we need to hear? Okay? And the reason why I think God kind of put us right here is because it does not matter how how um, 
impactful the message is if we don't understand the importance of the word. Because if you don't understand the importance of the word, you're just going to come in here and you're going to do a religious activity, you're going to check off the box, and you're going to leave out the same. You've got to get to a point to where, no, this word is important and it's helpful in my life. It's like a vitamin, not like a pill. Okay? Let's everybody stand. Let's everybody stand. So here's a question. 